Blog Talk Radio. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. What's wrong with you? My first thought would be a lot. Contact and radio. Whatever he is, he
Hello. Hello. Am I on the air? I can't hear anybody. Hello. Why is this happening? Hello. Hello.
Is anyone hearing me out there? Are you hearing me? You're still not hearing me. That's awesome. Hello? This is Ken Reedy of the Ken Reedy Show. If you're hearing me, Facebook me. Let me know I'm on there. Are you hearing me? Not coming out of the computer at all? That makes you think it's not Skype, it's them. All right, so, but he can hear me. So Alan says he can hear me. You can't hear me coming out of the computer? Michelle. Oh, well, you got to tell me these things. All right, well, I just mentioned Facebook. All right, well, if you're listening out there, I think we got something. I'm actually doing the call now with my phone instead of my studio set up. Hopefully, we'll figure out exactly what's going on. But this is Ken of the Ken Reedy Show. Let's see what we can do. Let's see if we can get this show running. we got about an hour left. We've had a tremendous amount of technical difficulty going on. Don't know if it was through Blog Talk Radio or if it was through Skype or a combination of both. But it uh, looks like Blog Talk Radio is working now. I don't know what's going on with uh, the Skype. But my name is Ken Reedy, and this is the best wrestling talk on the planet, if not the best technical show uh, we got the best wrestling talk in the world. We'll see if we can get the co-host game on board at some point. I don't know if we're going to be able to do that. So I might be flying solo today. Uh, the call room, I don't know how this works. I've already done this through my studio. So give us a buzz uh, if you want to call in. We'll see if we can get you online. Um, but this is Ken of the Ken Reedy Show. And just let's start off... Um, and we're getting feedback out of my headphones now. This is just awesome. Great night, great night. This this show is an effing train wreck this evening. Um, but we're going to try and do the best that we can. Give us a call if you'd like to talk wrestling, 347-838-9815. That number again is 347-838-9815. All the best in the world of professional wrestling. And uh, let's see if we can get someone to get Dave on the line, see if we can get him to call in. Uh, we're going to try and get this show running uh, soon. Are you hearing us out there, producer? All right. So if you can see if you can get in touch with Dave and see if you can call in, let's see if we can get him on board. Uh, if you're out there listening, um, give us a call, give us a listen. I know we may have lost a few listeners while we're uh, trying to get things together. I did a very heartfelt open before I knew I was not on the air, so I'm going to do this again. Um, just to reiterate, um, I had the privilege this weekend of going to the Legends of the Ring uh, show, and they did a really nice job with getting that show up and running. And um, I think it's important for us as wrestling fans to go out there and support the indie scene, support what's going on out there. Uh, whether it's things like Legends of the Ring, which is more of like convention, or PWS-type shows, or uh, NESW, which the uh, Henry Show is proud to be a producer of. Um, check us out. Check out all the indie shows, because, you know, the legends now are so accessible out there, and it's really important that we support them. Um, it was nice yesterday. I had a privilege of meeting Jimmy Snooker and Don Morocco uh, and take a picture with them. 
But the whole reason I am a wrestling fan was uh, watching those two guys work. Um, so that was a tremendous honor, meeting the two of them. Um, and I also had the privilege of meeting uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and uh, very humbling, uh, very difficult uh, meeting them. Cancer absolutely ravaged uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Uh, I was kind of sad to see, um, you know, how 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 bad he's doing. Um, but, you know, it's, if you get out there to these indie shows and, and you, you, you know, spend a little bit of money to meet these absolute legends, um, you know, hopefully as fans we can help them out a little bit monetarily with what I'm sure are mounting uh, health concerns so, um, and health bills. Um, you know, who knows what these guys are as far as their health insurance. Um, so if we can help in any way, shape, or form, um, you know, it's important for us to do so. So um, get out there. Support the indie scene. Uh, you know, uh, it's a good thing. It's a good thing for us to be supporting indie wrestling and everything that indie wrestling uh, involves. So let's get into some more happy stuff. This is Ken Reedy of thekenreedyshow.com. We're going to try and get this train back on the track. We've some technical difficulties tonight, but we are on our way. Um, just let everyone know, next week's that big show. Next week we're doing a show. Uh, Dave is going to be live in Hartford uh, for the special Monday Night Raw three-hour edition uh, at, uh, in Hartford, and he's going to be calling in the show. We're going to be doing the show. I'm going to do the show live at the Pepper Mill South in Congress, New York. It's going to be live at the bar, having some brew, eating some good food. Come on down, hang out. So this is the great thing about this show next week. It's going to be on Monday. It's a special Monday show. You can. It's going to be from six to eight. Now here is the thing: you can come on the computer. Hopefully, hopefully, log on to the computer, log on to blogtalkradio.com, and uh, you can hear the show through there. We're just sitting at home, hanging out. Right. You know, look for Dave in Hartford. Dave's going to be calling in. So look for him in the parking lot to come and hang out, and you can call on the show. Let's know what you're thinking about the world of wrestling. We really like to get the pulse of the people going to the Monday Night Raw show, what they're thinking, uh, what they're looking forward to. So I uh, would like to hear from them. And if, if, you, if you're not going to be in Hartford, but you want to get out for the night, you come on down to the Pepper Mill and you hang out with myself, and we'll be we'll be doing the show live there. So there's so many options next week if you're a fan of the Ken Reedy Show to be a part of things, to get on the bus. Uh, it's going to be a real special night scheduled to be on the show. Uh, we're going to have Jay Lynn calling in, as well as uh, stand-up comment and big-time wrestling fan Earl Stinkle will be giving us a call. And we know who else will be calling in. So, uh, you know, we're going to get all that stuff going on uh, next week. So that is where we're looking at next week's show. It's a big show for us next week. And you know what we're going to do right now? I'm just going to go right off the phones because I'm curious if the phones are working. And let's see what we got here. Tony, Tony, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. How's it going, Dave? Oh, uh, it's Ken. Ken, okay. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, she had all the technical issues going on. I know. Yeah, it, it has been it has been a pain in the ass so far. I still don't know exactly what happened, but I'm I'm calling in now through my phone to get the show uh, 
up and running and moving, so we'll get to uh, it yeah, somehow. Yeah, it's it's still cutting off on the on the site too, but um, but anyway, anyway, uh, the raw next Monday. Um, as far as I know, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be at that too. Nice, yeah. So if you can find Dave out there, you know, be sure to, to uh, check him out. I was wondering, you know, we we're gonna get into this, and uh, it's a, it's a big story. Um, since you called in and you, and just so you guys, if you don't know, Tony is our guest blogger. Tony blogs on uh, Monday Night Raw, Impact, SmackDown, uh, gives us the most uh, comprehensive recap in the business. Uh, and you're a big fan. You know what's going on. You see all the reports. Uh, curious what you think. How is this Orton suspension going to affect uh, the WWE going forward now? I don't know. It's, I know he was suspended for like two months for the uh, wellness fi- uh, violation. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to affect WWE. I mean, you know, it's, you know, it's the only other top guy they have is, um, you know, John Cena, who they pretty much invest everything in, and it's like, you know, so they're they're really short on top guys right now with uh, with Orton not being there. You know, or, yeah, and first first Jericho now Orton. Um, you know, I, I don't know what they were going to do with, I guess they were, they were going to do them in no way out or what were they going to do? I don't know. I mean, would you elevate some one of the newer guys or one of the younger guys to, uh, you know, would you elevate their status, think of someone else to give a big push to? I would definitely, yeah, definitely, you know, like, like a Dolph Ziggler or a Cody Rhodes, you know, I would think, you know, because those guys are really, you know, because, you know, they've been, I mean, they've gotten, like, many pushes before and then, you know, in typical WWE uh, booking, they always, they always, you know, pull the rug out from under the young guys every time they get momentum going. And, you know, so it's, I think, you know, like a guy that's like a Sheamus and a, and a Del Rio, I know they're in the world, you know, world title hunt, but, uh, you know, they're, uh, sometimes, you know, it's like, I don't know, I think even Sheamus' character sometimes, I think they've kind of, because he's a baby face now, they've kind of, they've kind of cartooned it up a bit with all the, uh, you know, the, the Irish folktales and the, you know, the arse and all that, you know, all that stuff. It's like, sometimes it gets kind of corny. I agree with you. I mean, I, I do think, like, you know, it's interesting to bring that up because I do think right now in the world of professionals, or in the world of uh, WWE, um, and it, it's John Cena gets the, the bulk of the criticism. But, you know, they, they they turn CM Punk face and his promos get uh, a little corny. They turn Sheamus face and he gets a little corny. It, it seems that the WWE just, when they turn their, their idea of a face is just kind of someone being, you know, almost the truest definition of baby face. I mean, smiling all the time, kind of being goofy, joking around, uh, you know, and it's interesting that, that you bring that up because it seems like that's the MO right now for uh, the WWE and how they conduct their business when they're creating a new face. Usually, yeah. I mean, you know, even well, even back in the old, I mean, you know, and back in the day too, you know, you had Hulk Hogan and uh, the Ultimate Warrior. You know, or Hulk Hogan when you know was the big, uh, you know, you know, big comic book hero. You know, with the saying the prayers and eating the vitamins and all that and all that stuff. You know, it was kind of the same thing. You know, it's like now it's. I think it's kind of you know. I, mean, I don't know. It worked back then. I don't know. You know, maybe you know. I I thought you know it worked better back then. You know, like now it's just like you know every time you turn a guy babyface, it just seems like you know. Going back to that is just like kind of you know it's like like when CM Punk cut the cut that promo um, was on it you know uh, all you know he cut those promos on summer long he was like really over and then it's just like you know like I say WWE being the way they are it was like okay now we got to script them to sound like babyface and it's just like you know instead of like doing what they did in the Attitude Era when the, you know when Stone Cold um, the fans got behind him and they just you know they just left his character the way you know they just left you know he he came out and did, just did the same the same gimmick. 
but uh, you know, back then. But um, you know, I mean, if, if they just you know, live, you know like more so like we make movies uh, into that whole you know sports entertainment. We we make movies crap. Uh, you know, I think it'd be, you know, it'd be better because you know the, the CM Punk character is. I you know, I, I do agree for to um, extent that the, the character has gotten a little. Uh, has gotten a little stale. I mean, you know, and, and you know, I, I don't think it's him. I mean, it's you know, it's 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 what they you know, it's what they write for him. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that's I agree with you. Yeah. Um, what what are you looking forward to uh, as far as matches next week's pay per view? I mean, is there anything you're really looking forward to seeing next week? Actually, next week's anniversary, the next WWE pay per view. Uh oh, and the way out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Uh. Probably either, probably one of the two title matches. You know, I don't know. Um, I, I still think it's kind of a, it's kind of screwy that they added Kane to to the to the mix, but yeah, um, I don't know because I would have preferred to see Punk and Bryan in like a you know in a submission match or something, like, you know something. But uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, but I, I, could, I mean, no matter what happens, I mean, AJ is probably going to get involved and do something. I mean, I hope they don't. Uh, you know, do some do some of the drivers for the internet fans or something. You know, like by having AJ go with Kane, that would really be scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be kind of weird. All right, Tony. Always a pleasure. Thanks a lot for the phone call. I'm gonna go. I think we might be able to get Dave on the line. So let me go try and do that. Thanks for being. All right, no problem, man. Dave, we have you. You've got me. <laughs> oh, this has been a shit show. My God, what the hell yeah, is I'm going still, on? Like, I don't know if you guys have to listen, but I'm actually uh, the, the studio is known void right now. I'm, I'm doing this show through my phone, oh my and God. Uh, I still I still don't know exactly what happened or is happening with Blog Talk Radio and. Uh, and or Skype. I, I still haven't isolated exactly what the problem is. It's either Blog Talk Radio or it could be Skype or a combination of both. Or it could just be the, the you know, the effing weather coming through. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? But we saw, you know, Tony called in and we, we kind of touched on it quickly, but we didn't get in depth. But I know uh, you've been working diligently on uh, the, the Orton story. And, uh, you know, I think we'll do, Dave, just to since we're flying by the seat of our pants and we're in the second hour of the show already, uh, maybe at the 30-minute um, mark we'll do uh, the day five new news break. Sound good? That sounds good to me. All right. But the story you've been following closely this week, probably the biggest story in professional wrestling, um, the Randy Orton suspension. What have you heard so far? Um, it, I just heard this past week that uh, Randy Orton um, – he was suspended, obviously, for 60 days, violating the WWE uh, wellness policy. But uh, the news coming out of that, and it's not been confirmed yet, it's only been rumored, um, with all due respect to uh, Randy Orton, of course, that um, he had uh, been fined $2,500 for testing positive for marijuana. And then after the positive test came back for marijuana, the company had decided to test further for any kind of other substances and they had found out that he had tested positive for Dianabol, which is a form of a anabolic steroid that is well-known and popular in the bodybuilding community that was outlawed back in 1970, I believe. So um, he will serve the 60-day suspension. He's uh, 
I believe that suspension began last Friday, uh, this past Friday, I want to say. So he'd be able to come back just in time for uh, for SummerSlam. Um, and uh, second and more importantly, uh, the company apparently knew going into two weeks ago's Monday Night Raw that he was going to uh, be suspended. Um, that's why they had put him over so strongly in that opening set or in that uh, that segment with the Miz. All interesting stuff. I'm kind of curious what your take is on, on this. Is that, you know, I want to put out what I what I'm thinking that you know. If there's ever a time, and, and the, the conversation's always going back and forth, who's the next guy? Who's going to be the face of the WWE? Um, it's obviously John Cena. I mean, people could speculate and say, well, you know, CM Punk's the real face of the company, or Daniel Bryan's the new face of the company, whatever it is. It, it's not. John Cena's the face of the WWE. He's still the face of the WWE. And people like to bandy around back and forth on who could be the next face of the company. And Orton perhaps could have been someone, someone's name who would have been thrown into the ring as far as someone uh, being the next face of the company. In my humble opinion, this really hurts him. I mean, if I look, if I'm running a company and I'm Vince McMahon and I'm thinking, you know, who's going to be my guy? Who's going to be the guy that I want to, you know, I'll put the weight of the company on that I know is going to, you know, sustain a decent image, he's going to be a company guy, he's going to do what he's told, he's going to do what he's supposed to do, but I can rely on this guy to market my company the way I want him to market it. Um, if, if I'm this big man, Randy Orton kind of drops to the bottom of my list at this point. I'm not trusting him with the, with the keys to the, the, the car, so to speak, at, at this point. Um, I, I think he's just, he's way too big a risk. Um, second violation uh, I mean, what do you think, Dave? I mean, how much does this – I mean, I'm, I know he'll get a push. I know he'll be a big star when he comes back. I'm not saying they're going to drop this guy to job or status by any stretch of the imagination. But as far as what his role will be in the company, I kind of think, well, that's going to kind of be it. Like what we've seen from Orton might be as, as big as he gets in the company. That they, It might take a lot uh, to see him elevated to that guy who is the guy. Uh, how, mu- how much do you think this damages his reputation in the company? Um, to be honest with you, I don't know, um, personally, because I, I'm not involved in the company in any way, shape, or form. Um, the only – it's tough. I would – I mean, I look at Randy Orton, and here's here's what I see of him. Um, he's a backup guy. He's he's the backup plan for them. Um They've always had to focus on John Cena. They tried last year when they moved Orton over to SmackDown to make him the face and you know of of that brand. And for a while it was it was working. But um, when they merged both shows basically together without you know formally announcing it, um, it kind of watered down the idea of him being the. Uh, the, the face of SmackDown. Um, I've always looked at Randy Orton as, uh, like I said, as, as a backup plan. He's he's great. He's a phenomenal athlete, um, but I don't think he has that all across the board appeal like like John Cena has with the audience. Randy Orton has that appeal amongst you know um, uh, you know young uh, males ages you know 18 to 25, and uh, you know a lot of the uh, the the uh, older females as well. 
Um, I don't see too many young kids wearing Randy Orton T-shirts. Um, you, you do see them, but I don't see too many of them. Um, as far as uh, you know, uh, his standing in the company. I mean, he'll come back. They'll they they need him. They're 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 lacking some star power right now. And apparently, ticket sales for SmackDown house shows and SmackDown live events haven't really uh, gone. Uh, t- sales haven't uh, increased. So. In recent weeks, they've announced John Cena and CM Punk advertised for SmackDown events as well, kind of stretching those two guys uh, a little thin. Um, and uh, Randy Orton, I guess the the experiment with him is, uh, hasn't worked out for the company, so to speak. Um, but I do want to address certain media outlets, and you gentlemen know who you are, um, regarding this Randy Orton situation, you were very quick to form an opinion about his suspension and about how many offenses he's had on the wellness policy and he should be fired and this, that, and the other. And all I can say is, guys, get the facts straight before you form an opinion because I see it on your Facebook page a lot. And I'm not going to name your names and call you out and give you free advertising because that's just not my style. But before you form an opinion and go on this big you know, charade of bashing the guy, get the facts straight first, okay? This is his second offense. He was, he was suspended a couple of years back for a disciplinary action that has nothing to do with the wellness policy, okay? So um, that's my little rant for today. But as far as Randy Orton goes, I don't see, any, uh, I don't see uh, him uh, losing any uh, – uh, sort of big uh, standing in the company, so to speak. Yeah, I, I remember hearing that like a few years back when he got suspended that, you know, he was, uh, there was all sorts of rumors circulating, but it was never a uh, a drug thing that there was uh, some disciplinary actions. And, well, and let's face it, I mean, Randy Orton kind of has a sordid history, uh, you know, and again, like we're talking about, I mean, this may be where his, you know, he like you said, he's the backup guy. Uh, he's really popular, but you're talking about a guy who, you know, it might be a second, but you're talking two suspensions, uh, missing 60 days uh, at this point. He's He's been a disciplinary problem in the past, although in his defense, a lot of the reports came out that when he moved over to SmackDown that it seemed like he really grew up, um, that he became that leader in that locker room. Uh you know, but there's but then you go back to the time when he when he broke his collarbone in a match and when the crowd tried to applaud him uh, when he got up, as you know, wrestling fans often do to kind of and uh, kind of encouragement. Uh, Randy took it the wrong way and turned to the crowd and said, "Fuck off." Um, he's an interesting guy. He's an intense guy. Um, he's immensely talented. Um, but I think this is this is probably where he's going to be. He's going to be that that backup guy. He's going to be a guy that's going to uh, be really popular. He's a guy that's going to give you some decent feuds. He's a guy who is a face who has an edge to him, which is rare nowadays, uh, especially in the WWE. Um, tremendous athlete. He's going to give you some tremendous matches. He's going to give you some intensity. Um, but I. I would say that I don't see him ever getting the keys to the castle, that he's going to be that that backup guy, that almost said that anti-John Cena, that he's, he's a face 
Uh, but he gives us a little bit of an edge, and that's why certain people like him. And I like Gordon. I think Gordon's a tremendous talent. Uh, some of the things he he does in the ring is, is pretty amazing. Um, it's interesting because I would love to find out when this test was given and, uh, you know, when he found out he failed. Because I had noticed over the past few weeks that he was looking actually a little bit smooth. I mean, here's a guy who... Um, for a lot of his career, pretty much looks like he's chiseled out of granite. And, uh, you know, I was just noticing, now don't get me wrong, don't anyone take this the wrong way, but I would sign up tomorrow to have Orton's physique. Right now. i give my left arm to look like Randy Orton. So I'm not commenting at all. Like he, he still looks great. That being said, I had noticed that he was looking a little smooth. His his abs weren't as, as cut as they usually were. And I started thinking, well, I wonder, I actually thought maybe he was hurt. Uh, maybe he couldn't go as hard in the gym. Um, but now with, with this coming out, I'm kind of curious. Did he, did he cycle off of something and, and you know, think he could have, like, worked it out, cycle off, go to the piss doctor, and maybe he, it just wasn't out of his system enough. But it, it's interesting when this all comes out now. And, uh, you know, wish all the best to Randy Orton. Hope he comes back soon and raring to go. Um, but though, that being said, there's a spot now. There's a spot for a guy. Um, I don't know who that guy is. Um, there's a lot of names you could throw out there. Um, Dave, but if you're picking a guy, a guy that's going to take that spot, or a guy that you'd like to see take that spot, I mean, who are you putting in there? Um, two guys. Uh Dolph Ziggler and Cody Rhodes. Um, and it looks like they were leaning towards uh, doing something with Ziggler and Randy Orton as a parent as uh, Monday evening um, when they had that backstage segment where Ziggler was watching Orton um, do the, uh, the, the the pose in the ring after he did that, you know, run in with Miz. Um, and Cody's just, uh, Cody's been on, Cody's been on a, a pretty much a pretty much a, a good role um, within the past six months when uh, when it comes to uh, you know programs and uh, his, his, the match quality and his promos and uh, so those would probably be the two guys that I would put in that spot or I would at least um, attempt to groom into that spot um, and it seems like they're going more with Dolph Ziggler. Um, as of late, and uh, I like it. I like it a lot. I, I, I think Dolph, uh, we, we've, we've put him over a million times on the show, and uh, I just hope that um, these that some of these mid-card guys, whatever, whoever's going to get this push, they take advantage of these 60 days while Randy Orton's gone and actually, uh, you know, show something that they can eventually get, you know, um, higher up on the card. I agree. I mean, I, I tell you, man, I, I and we have. We have talked uh, glowingly of the ability of Dolph Ziggler. Uh, he is probably the one guy right now. And I know that Daniel Bryan's become, like, the guy. But I'll tell you, man, I will sit and watch a Dolph Ziggler match before I'll sit and watch a Daniel Bryan match. If you're going to ask me right now if there's one guy I want to watch perform, one guy I want to see in a match, it's Dolph Ziggler. I love watching that guy work. And the guy, and what he has, I, I more so than anyone else right now, maybe in the business, but to me, at least in the WWE, man, he can make other guys look good. 
he's got that knack. And that was one of those things, I'm not putting him in this category, but that was one of those things going back that Ric Flair was great at. Ric Flair would put you over. Ric Flair would make you look great. And to a certain extent, I think that's like kind of big Ziggler in the ass a little bit that he's so good at putting other guys over. He's so good at making other people's moves look devastating and really selling moves that it's almost worked better to, to beat him for other characters. So he's he's almost been a jobber, almost talented jobbers you'd ever want to see, but it just seems like he continues to lose matches. And, uh, you know, now as much as he lost the match, and, and I like Seamus. There's a lot of Seamus haters out there. I like Seamus. I think he is what he is. He's good at what he does. His face character is a little corny and whatever, but he is who he is. He's a big, strong guy. He's a bruising, you know, tough guy. I mean, that's his character. Um, tremendous match. I, I thought, you know, Ziggler did wonders for Seamus uh, on SmackDown. I, I thought it was a really good match. Uh, to me, one of the best matches you, you could see Seamus in, and, and that's what Ziggler does for you. He, he makes guys look good, and he's a guy that, you know, for the foreseeable future, I know we're going to see John Cena in the main event, most pay-per-views. But he's a guy that, like, you can get excited to see him, you know, in a main event. You could be excited to see what he's going to do. Just uh, a tremendous talent. And, you know, it's funny because I think Cody Rhodes is also on his way. And who knows what path they they, they have him going in. Um, but it's working. And, I like, when things are working well, it's funny because to sidetrack, but I, I'm a avid softball player. I've played for years. And every so often we have someone who can't make a game. That's what happens in rec softball. And whenever we talk about what we're going to do as far as replacing that player, our philosophy is always change as little as possible. So if, if like, we have someone who's, like, missing in left field, you know, let's find someone that we could slot in there in left field. Let's not move the guy who's playing center, shift him over to, to left, and then we'll find someone who can you know, move the guy who's playing third because he's played a little bit of center in the past, and then this guy can come over and play third. We try and change as little as possible. And I think that the path they have Cody on is working. So let's not change it. If we can not change that, let's, let's keep that because it's working. Ziggler has earned his keep. Ziggler has been a jobber for a while. Ziggler has earned a push. I like the idea of putting him in the spot. And it looks like now they're going to break him away from um, Vicky and, and Swagger. You know, maybe we have a, a little rivalry with, with Swagger and Ziggler. Um, I love the whole thing when he came out going down to the ring and he pulled the microphone out of Vicky's hand and said, I'm going down now to beat the world champion. And his music wasn't even playing. He got about halfway down the ramp before they actually started his music. It kind of added an element of, of realism to the whole thing. I don't know if that was intentional or by accident, but I did think it was cool that he was coming down without his entrance music, and then all of a sudden it kind of popped on. Um, and I, I mean, what, I'm curious what you thought of the match. I'm rambling on and on. I I thought it was a tremendous match with Sheamus and Ziggler. What did you think of the match? Oh, I thought it was a great match. Um, it, I mean, it's it definitely, you know, in, in my opinion, if they were to go as far as a, a Sheamus Dolph Ziggler world title feud in the future, you know, the, you already you already got a, a you know the 
the match was good. It, it was really good for a television match, and it was, and, and it's proof right there that that it could work. You know, you just got to have some substance with the story. Um, you know, further down the line, um, uh, you know, it's obvious. Like you said, they're going with you know, sw- you know, breaking him away from them, which I think is good. Um, <clears throat> And uh, I think actually it'll help Jeff's, Jack Swagger too, because that combo, the two of them together, Ziggler was basically, granted as much as he took, you know, as many pinfalls as he did in those tag matches, he was pretty much Vicky's own pet project, and Ziggler was just kind of, or Swagger was just kind of a side piece. Um, so I think that, uh, Swagger's association with Vicky will help him out tremendously as well. I think it will be. Uh, good for the both of them. Um, the match was, like I said, the match was really good. Um, you know, Ziggler can, uh, Z- Ziggler sells so good he could convince a prostitute not to pay for sex. That's how good he is. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, I I never get tired of watching that guy sell moves. I mean, it, it's just, it, it's amazing to me. And here, I, I, you know, what he did for Sheamus in that match, I, I, it's tremendous. And, you know, it, it's what I think is cool. Also, breaking him away from Swagger. You know, Swagger's no slouch in the ring either. Um, talented guy. You know, breaking them away and having a rivalry. You know, a, a good mid-card rivalry to, to kind of bump Ziggler, like to, to get him moving uh, onward and upward. And you know what? Who knows? Make him. He's a face. Man, a feud with Ziggler and Cody. How good are those matches going to be? Oh yeah, those those would those would be awesome matches. I, I would I would I would pay money to see those. I could you know I could see them you know uh, intercontinental championship matches, you know U.S. title matches, whatever you know. Um, so yeah, I mean those two those two guys right there in the ring together, you you can't go wrong. They'd have to, they, a natural disaster, so to speak, would have to take place for that match to. Shit the bed. Yeah, and it's like you bring up a good point, bringing the, up the IC title. And we've talked about this a lot on the show before. But, you know, the idea of having a title picture, um, you know, when the era we grew up in, you know, there there was like the, the great Valentines and the Tito Santanas and, you know, even the Junkyard Dog. Like those guys were always in the mix for the IC title. Um, you know, those those kind of second-tier guys. Um, so it was a title picture. You know, when you, you bring that up, I mean, just think about if they decide to go in, in that direction. If they did something where, you know, so you split them away from Swagger, but maybe Swagger's interested in the IC title, and Ziggler wants to go after the IC title. And you got Christian who's got the belt, Cody who wants his belt back. Now you've got, like, a really cool picture surrounding the IC title. I mean, just those guys right there going after the IC title. I mean, that, that gives the title prestige. I think when they talk about it on TV and they talk about what they want to do with the IC title and Cody says, I, I brought prestige back to this, and, you know, Christian was on mic the other night, like, what do you mean you, you brought back and yada, yada, yada. What will bring prestige to the title is a title picture. There have been talented guys that have had the title over the past few years, but there's been nothing surrounding the title. 
You need guys going after. You need guys that treat that title as important as someone who has the World Heavyweight Championship or the WWE Championship. It's someone that is honored to have that title. And if you have rivalries like that, I mean, if you have, you know, Christian who is beating Cody Rhodes, who's going back for his title, and then Cody Rhodes wants to be the number one contender because he wants one more shot at the IC title, but Ziggler goes after Cody because Ziggler wants his shot. So there's a number one contendership match for the IC title between Cody and Ziggler. And maybe a swagger come in and interfere, and now you're going to have a triple threat match. And you got all this shit going on surrounding the IC title. Now you've got a really interesting mid-card to play with. And it looks like the WWE is trying, I don't know if they're succeeding, but at least trying to make the tag team division look better. You know, maybe maybe you got something. Maybe you start to build a, a substantial mid-card because – you know, we, we've talked about it a lot. I mean, when you watch a pay-per-view, you can have great headliners. You can have these great matches at the end of the night. And that generally will, will, like, leave you going home with a good feeling. But the great pay-per-views, the great ones, are the ones where you go, when you leave or you turn off your TV and you're like, yeah, but what about this match? Oh, remember when this guy did this? Oh, this was a great match. You know, and you can talk about different things. Again, we all remember Andre Hogan. Andre Hogan, WrestleMania three. But you know what? A lot of people, including myself, think Savage Steamboat stole the show and perhaps the greatest match of all time. So you want to create that, that picture surrounding a, a championship belt, which, if done the right way with these guys, could be tremendously entertaining. Your thoughts? Well, it's it's funny that you know you know I, we both have now shifted over to the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, this past week, there's been rumors that uh, they want to merge the Intercontinental and United States Championships, and uh, by doing that, it it forces the co- well, I wouldn't say forces, but it should it should force the company to attempt to put focus on one of those titles, whichever one they keep, and I assume. You know that they would put the focus on the inter- they would keep the intercontinental title and and uh, get rid of the United States Championship. As much prestige as the United States Championship has, it's not a WWE born championship. It came out of the NWA and and uh, you know was resurrected um, years and years later. Um, the United States Championship coming into the WWE. Um, I was I was excited about it because there were a lot of good United States champions, but um, and I thought it was also good to have another mid card title because especially you know considering that they had the two separate brands at the time and uh, you know the, the roster was you know over overflowed with mid card talent and I thought that it would be good to have that championship and and and, and you know have some meaning to it but it just seems like it's been you know a championship that's been rewarded to guys that they feel deserve it. And not really, not really adding prestige to it. So the rumor is that they want to do that at some point fairly soon. Um, I just don't know when. And to me, it looks like they're going to. I think they're going to keep the Intercontinental Championship because um, that was their title, obviously. So um, I'm I think of, that makes sense, and then I think that's good. And you know what? If they really, you know, if they want to add some prestige, I mean, have a title versus title match, and then have someone you know, win 
you know, win both belts and maybe a couple of weeks they prance around with both belts and then, you know, it evolves like it's it's just the, the IC title. Plus, right now, I mean, look, I, and I love Santino. I think Santino offers a lot. I mean, I do think he's funny. Um, you know, sometimes this stuff goes on a bit long, but, I, you know, i got to admit, even for myself, I mean, him having the U.S. title is a bit much. Um, I like Santino in the tag division. I mean, he's popular, and to be honest with you, I know they, they you know, almost died on SmackDown this week at the hands of the, the big monster, the big show. Um, but I, I like Santino in the tag picture, I, you know, and you always need comic relief. And sometimes I, I think that it push the comic relief thing too far and it gets to be too much uh, with the comic relief. But putting Zack Ryder and Santino in a team together, that could be fun. You know, again, it adds a little bit of, you know, a little, another team in the picture, the tag team division. Um, whether you love them or hate them, um, whatever your feelings are, because I find Santino humorous, honestly, Zack Ryder doesn't do it for me. I know a lot of guys love Zack Ryder, whatever the case is, but there's always going to be comic relief in pro wrestling. Why not put the two of them together? And they could be a comedy team, you know, and let them – do what they do best, uh, and, and work them as a tag team, which, again, gives you another team. And keep them as a team for a while. So, uh, you know, yeah, take him out of the picture. I don't know if you want Santino to to be in the title versus title picture, but, uh, you know, maybe he drops the U.S. title at some point, and you have two guys, and then you merge the championship into one. But without further ado, Dave. On the other side of the break, we're going to hit a little TNA action. We're down to our, our final half hour. If you guys are tuning in today, thank you so much. We had a tremendous amount of technical difficulties over the first hour. Uh, if you want to call us in, 347-838-9815 is the number, 347-838-9815. But at this time, we're going to go over to Dave with the 50-50 Day 5 update. Thank you very much. This is your day five top stories of the week in professional wrestling. Not to be confused with Booker T's fave five that consists of 13 guys on an inconsistent basis. Here is our top story. In relation to Randy Orton's 60-day suspension of the WWE wellness policy, WWE superstar Cody Rhodes had tested positive for an unknown substance according to superluchas.net. The results of the test came about around the time of Over the Limit, which could explain why he dropped the Intercontinental Championship to a returning Christian. Rhodes then commented on his Twitter account the following day in quotations, time off. However, at the next day's SmackDown taping, Rhodes provided a valid prescription from a licensed physician to WWE management and was cleared from his suspension. New reports now indicate that an unknown superstar has tested positive for a substance that has yet to be announced. No word on who this superstar is and what substance he or she has tested positive for. We will continue to follow the story as it unfolds. Legendary trainer Dr. Tom Pritchard, who competed for Smoky Mountain Wrestling and had a couple of brief runs in the WWE, was released by WWE of his duties as head trainer from Florida Championship Wrestling this past week. He was replaced by Tough Enough trainer Bill DeMott. DeMott confirmed on his Twitter account of his hiring this past week. Ironically enough, Pritchard was the individual who replaced DeMott five years ago after DeMott was let go as head trainer of the former WWE developmental territory, East South Wrestling, after several incidents with a few students. 
since Triple H has gained more responsibilities on the corporate side of WWE, changes have been expected to the developmental system. More changes are expected to be made in the coming months. WrestlingNewsSource.com broke the news yesterday that TNA star Chris Saban is reported to be following tag partner Alex Shelley and leaving TNA when his contract expires in August. No reasons to his possible departure have been revealed yet. However, it was stated on TNA Knockout Velvet Sky's Twitter page that Saban and herself are now available for bookings together, either with conventions, autograph signings, or independent shows. It is public knowledge that Sky and Saban are a couple, and with the news of his relationship with TNA ending, speculation runs rampant on the future of one Chris Saban. Sky, however, is still under contract with TNA and is not to be leaving at this time. The Wrestling Observer reports this week that the Young Bucks and T.J. Perkins have been told by Ring of Honor officials that they will not be used for a few months. Ring of Honor management told the aforementioned talents at the May 12th event in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, stating it to be a cost-cutting measure. However, they will remain under contract with the company during the temporary time off. All three talents require expensive flights from Southern California to Ring of Honor events, which explains the actions taken forth by the company. No clue as to when all three talents are expected to return to Ring of Honor. And our final story this week is a follow-up story we reported on a few weeks back. TMZ.com discusses a key reason as to why WWE superstar John Cena's marriage to his high school sweetheart, Liz Huberdow, recently fell apart. The home that they were remodeling caused them to hemorrhage money, which then eventually sent them to the courthouse. The site uncovered documents showing that one of the contractors filed a lien on the property for $110,000, claiming that the Cenas didn't pay him for the work that he had done to the home. This was just one of the main problems that became unbearable between the couple. It seems all signs continue to point to a nasty divorce. And indie wrestling fans, August 4th, Northeast Wrestling, Fishkill, Connecticut, Fishkill, New York, excuse me, Duchess Stadium, for one night only, returning to the Hudson Valley, WWE Hall of Famer, the immortal Hulk Hogan. Special autograph and meet and greet with the Hulk begins at 4, 4 p.m. Also scheduled to appear, Jerry the King Lawler, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Matt Hardy, the Mouth of the South Jimmy Hart, Mickey James, and Lita. Many more superstars are scheduled to be announced. Tickets are on sale now at northeastwrestling.com or call 845-564-0931. Tickets are going fast, so get them while you can. And that was your Day 5 report this week on the Ken Reedy Show. Back to you, Ken. And thanks, Dave. Just remember, again, please support indie wrestling. It's really important. It's the backbone of this business we all know and love. And remember, next week, if you're in Massachusetts, Chicopee. Sponsored by the Ken Reedy Show. Check out the uh, Cool Summer by NESW. Uh, check them out. Good up-and-coming wrestling company. Proud to be a part of it. Hoping to get more involved in the sponsorship game uh, as time goes on. So if you're listening out there and you got some connections um, in the business, we're looking to jump in. We're looking to get the name of this show out there. Uh, we're going to be big part, moving forward, we're going to be a big part of this indie scene, so uh, you know, if you see us at one of these shows, come over, say hi. Uh, we got t-shirts on the way, like we said, we've still got the t-shirt contest in effect right now. You have a Ken Reedy show sign, you take it to an event, uh, we get that on camera, we see it on camera, 
we'll send you out a free T-shirt. Just trying to get the name out there, getting the TKRS Nation to help us out. We'll give you a T-shirt for your troubles. And remember, next week, Monday, special show, 6 to 8 p.m., Dave, live in Hartford, me, live at the Peppermill South in Congress, or you can listen on Blog Talk Radio. Check us out next week. It's going to be a huge show. Scheduled to call in. We got Jerry Lynn, hardcore legend Jerry Lynn will be giving us a buzz. And we also got uh, Earl Skakel, stand-up comic and big-time wrestling aficionado scheduled to call in. So check us out next week where we will not be having a Sunday night show. It will be Monday night. 6 to 8 p.m., and then Monday Night Raw, a special three-hour edition. Let's get back to the wrestling talk, and we're going to hit some TNA in this last 20 minutes here. TNA, uh, lots of things going on in TNA, but the biggest thing probably this past week, TNA went live, impact, live. Uh, it's a big deal. One of the things that hurts TNA over and over again is their spoilers, uh, no spoilers this week, a live show. Dave, what did you think of the show? I thought it was good. I thought the live uh, aspect helped the show. Um, the uh, you never know what's going to happen kind of feel to it, um, you know, because I do read the spoilers, and uh, I'm not I, – I, I, I will admit I'm not the biggest TNA fan. I was in the earlier years, but as time has gone on, it's kind of uh, – the, their product had kind of worn me out a little bit. Um but I liked it. I, I thought the um, it, it being live helped, um, you know. And the, like I said, you got that anything goes kind of feel to it. You never know what's going to happen. And uh, overall, I thought it was a good show. It was solid. It wasn't great. Um, the I, I guess the ratings reflected that it wasn't great either. But I think moving to a different time slot has hurt them. You're going to have to get some, do some more advertising and marketing to get those viewers to tune in at 8 o'clock as opposed to the normal 9 o'clock time slot when they used to tune in. So um, hopefully it, uh, it, it, it means, uh, you know, positive things for TNA um, being two hours live every Thursday night. So uh, I, I look forward to, uh, you know, seeing what, what comes down the pike next week for them. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I I thought the show was good. It wasn't great. Um, you know, if we're going to use the, the baseball analogy, um, you kind of were hoping they'd knock it out of the park. They hit a, you know, a solid double in the gap. Um, you know, nothing uh, incredible, but an entertaining show. Uh, live definitely helps them a lot. Uh, it was interesting because I, I also this past weekend uh, – benefited from going to uh, Vince Russo's uh, shoot interview on Friday night, um, which is really interesting. Uh, you know, he didn't give us anything real salacious, but he had um, a lot of insight as, as far as writing and creative and, and things like that. And, and TNA came up a lot. And one of the things he said with TNA is the biggest issue for them right now, and it includes Spike TV as well, is that they're all looking for the magic bullet. They're all looking for the one thing that's going to fix what's happening. And, you know, on, on some levels it was probably, you know, bringing in Hogan. That'll fix it. That'll put us up to the next level. And then that doesn't work. So it's like, let's bring in some other guys. And that doesn't work. Let's get out of the impact zone. That, and what Vince Russo said, it's just going to be consistency, and that's what you got to go with. you just got to try 
and put out a good product week in and week out. And if you're going live, it's good. It's a good thing, but it's not the end-all, be-all. It's not going to fix everything. And and I thought that was an excellent point. Again, I thought it was a solid show, but it is just going live going to put Impact Wrestling over? I, I don't think so. Um, you know, consistency in storylines, good writing, good characters, uh, you know, that'll do it. Um, but I did think the show was good. I thought it was a solid show. I, I know some people criticized. I The beginning of the show was good to me. I thought that was smart. Again, with, when it comes to wrestling, you're always going to have your diehard fans. You're trying to get those fringe guys. And whoever they got, if they got any fringe fans that thought, hey, they're going live, I'll check out, you know, what they're doing. In that opening segment, you had Hogan at the end of the match, you had Sting who's recognizable, and you put your roster around the ring. Now, they didn't have a substantial role, but you know what? The camera panned around. So if you had someone who maybe didn't watch TNA before, but maybe watched wrestling and new guys like Anderson and new guys like RVD, you pan the camera around the ring, you, you see your whole roster. Uh, I thought that was smart. Um, it was an okay match. I'm not sure if I necessarily agree with uh, senior world champ Cap to uh, an aging veteran in Sting. Um, but you know what? I, I, I can see the thought process. I don't know if I would have went in that direction, but I see where they're going. Let's let's put the, the more established star over in this segment. Let's show our roster. Let's try and get the show started with a bang, and maybe we'll lock people in and, and we'll keep them watching uh, for the rest of the show. Um, so that was, you know, I, I thought it was good. Not great. One of the other big things that we found out, and this is something that Dave and I actually disagree on, so let's get right into it. Uh, TNA Hall of Fame announced that they are doing a Hall of Fame. Um, and you know what? Before, we're going to talk to Hall of Fame, but we do have a call. So I am going to go right to the calls. Cole, are you there? Hello, Ken. Hello, Dave. It's Dan. What's all right. up, Dave? How are you doing? I'm doing good, hanging in there, working all day. But, you know, got have got to make my call in. Nice. What do you got for us this week? Okay, I'm gonna. I know you guys are talking TNA, and I don't really watch it. And I'm gonna switch gears just for momentarily. And I know I usually ask, who do you think, in your opinion, is this best wrestler and that best wrestler? Now, in the divas um, category, obviously not nowadays, but starting from like back in the day, who do you think either? best technical or just most hyped up diva in the WWE has been? Um, over the years, it's a good question. I, I honestly think she's still around. I've always liked Nikki James. I just think she brings a, a, a lot to the table. I think she, you know, she's she's not bad looking, but she's athletic as well. She's not just a model. She's not just a pretty face. Um, I've always liked what she, she brings. Uh, you know, she's had some decent characters over the years. She, she can be entertaining. I always thought, uh, she's power now in the WW, uh, in the TNA. I always thought she was good. And I, and I thought, uh, Trish Stratus was real good back in the day. 
I'm kind of not going to mention China. I kind of look at her in a separate category. Um, but those are some some women that jump out to me. Dave, what do you think? Is this the point in the show where I get to go use the bathroom because it's a part of it's a diva segment? <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. All right. Anyways, I'll, I'll, I'll comment on this. Um, well, in the it, as far I mean, the eighties had. You know, the the women managers and the valets, you didn't really see them get all in the ring and stuff. I mean, Miss Elizabeth is a name that comes to mind that she was very popular. Um, but, you know, I would have to say Trish Stratus and Lita. They both had two different kinds of appeals. I mean, Lita had that, like, punk rock exotic look to her. She was yeah. very athletic, That you know, and, and, and she, you know, she was, a good, she was a good fit for the Hardys, you know, pairing her up with them. And then there's Trish Stratus. She was a model at first, but they groomed her into be a. She came out to be a pretty damn good wrestler, and she just had this sex appeal and this look to her that she appealed to just about any male across the board, and was also somewhat of a role model to younger female fans. So those two probably jump out to mind the most to me when it comes to as far as like popular, most hyped um, divas in in. Uh, in uh, in the past in the WWE. I know it's very seldom I say this, but I actually agree with Dave. <laughs> as far as as far as what? As far as like the two girls, the two divas that stand out the most and like I've always been a fan of the Hardy Boys and therefore also Lita. I like the fact that she wasn't just, you know, something good to look at, but she actually brought a lot to the ring. And then when she got injured and couldn't wrestle anymore, unfortunately she only became basically eye candy with Edge. But her and Trish have always been two that, in my mind, brought a lot more so than others, but not necessarily, like, opened the doors for other divas because divas in, like, you know, 70s, 80s started doing that, but they really, like, brought it to where it's like, we can wrestle like the guys and... We may, you know, we may not necessarily beat them, but we're not just women. You know, it's like women can do this and actually be good at it, and not just what today's, if you want to call it, a divas are, where they come in for like two, three minutes, do their couple of moves, and then call it a day. Well, so, titties, yeah. I mean, today's divas just—it's absurd, and I like, you know, the the leader. Is a good choice, also. I, you know, remember that she came in as a valet to um, at the Rios, and it wound up she was more popular than he was, and got rid of him and, and used her. So and another lady, and it's again, you know, you, you harken back like that era of, of divas. Um, I don't know if they were called divas yet, but th- that was a great era. You know, there was a lot of talented females. Um, where you had Lita and, and Trish Stratus and, and Mickey James, and you, you had real matches. You had uh, diva matches that you really look forward to. I mean, it's funny Dave, that you said, like, is this the time to take a piss? Because you didn't necessarily go take a piss during divas matches uh, years ago. No. Uh, there was a nice chunk of time in there uh, where the diva matches were pretty good matches. You know, they were almost uh, – you know, kind of like those good, like, cruiserweight kind of matches. Um, it was good stuff. Well, thanks, as always. Thank you for the call. Dissecting the Divas. Look forward to hearing you. We're going to hear from you next week. 
yes, I will. Sounds good. Yeah. Take care of yourself, man. You too, guys. All right, so let's get back into it. Uh, momentary lapse into the Diva division, but let's get back into it. Uh, we got, got, we got about eight minutes left, but quick, Dave, what do you think about the TNA Hall of Fame? I don't like it at all. I, I, don't, I don't think they've been around, around long enough to have one. Um, most of their guys haven't even had, like, Hall of Fame careers. And they're probably going to put in guys who really haven't made a mark. And, you know, you, you brought up the point earlier. They're looking for something like, a, like that one thing to fix everything. They brought in Sting years ago. That hasn't really fixed anything. Hogan, that's certainly not doing the job right now, and it hasn't been since he came. Flair, Jeff Hardy, Kurt Angle, Rob Van Dam. Those go, I mean, you're going to put those guys in. What kind of a mark have they made on, on TNA helping them? You know, I would, I would wait another 10 years to even consider doing a Hall of Fame. I don't like the idea at all. If there's one guy that were to go in, it, it, in my opinion, it would be Jeff Jarrett. He founded the company. He brought them to he's, – he's basically he, – you know, he started it, and he's been very, you know, uh, uh, helpful in getting them to where they are today, even though he's not an owner anymore, even though he had to sell his stock um, to the Carter family. He still works for the company. He's more or less of a consultant of sorts, and he's a jack-of-all-trades. I'd put him in there. I'd put Jeff Jarrett in there. But I don't. I don't yeah, think it's, it's, it's funny because I'm not. I'm not against the idea. Uh, I'm not. I mean, you know, there's a local promotion here, ECPW, Eastern East Coast Professional Wrestling. I think it's what it's called. ECPW, good company. They, they, you know, they've hooked me up with some guys for interviews over the years, and they have a Hall of Fame. Um, with them, and, and it depends on how they do it. It's one of the names you, you mentioned. I actually, at this point, I, I mean, I, I kind of look at Kurt Angle as a TNA guy. Uh, you know, great time, uh, you know, great run in the WWE, great. Um, but I kind of look at him as a TNA guy now. Um, it depends hey. on how TNA does this, uh, to be honest with you. I think one of the things with TNA, and I, if they do this, I have no problem with them having a Hall of Fame, if they're the first out of the WWE and them to actually have a physical structure, that's a big plus. And, they, you know, one of the advantages, if they want to start looking at things and saying, you know what, we don't have a magic ball, we can't just change everything. If they're going to be in the impact zone, well, let's, let's make the impact zone something prestigious. If they actually make something like all the new ball stadiums, you know, City Field has a Met Hall of Fame. They kind of have a Hall of Fame with plaques and stuff that you could walk through when you're going to an impact. That would be kind of cool. Now, do they look at their TNA Hall of Fame? Is this a TNA Hall of Fame? Or is this a wrestling Hall of Fame sponsored by TNA? Um, you know, it, it's hard to say. I mean, Obviously, there are guys that have gone into the WWE Hall of Fame that have had, you know, okay runs in the WWE but had bigger runs elsewhere. Um, you know, guys like Dusty Rhodes, as far as his career in the WWE, I don't know if I put him in the Hall of Fame, but the overall career, he's a slam dunk Hall of Famer. Um, 
So it's, it's interesting, like, do they just look at, and I agree with you with Jared, like, if it's a TNA Hall of Fame, that's where I go. Um, but do they look to make it more of a wrestling Hall of Fame? Do they go in that direction? Um, the biggest problem with that also is, like, where do you go with video packages? Because Vince McMahon owns everything. So if they want, to, want it to be more of a wrestling Hall of Fame, um, I don't know. Uh, you know, I will say this, and you, you won't hear me say this often, but I'll tell you, as a complete and total Hulk Hogan mark, I think it would be a bad idea for TNA to put him in the hall. As much as any wrestling hall of fame that exists on the planet, to me, Hulk Hogan should be in it. But their first inductee, I don't think they should go that route. Um, I don't know where they're going to go. Um, it, it's interesting. Uh you know, there's a lot of speculation. Do they go with Randy Savage, um, a guy that's, you know, been spurned by the WWE, had a brief run in TNA, um, obviously a deserved Hall of Famer. He is in the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame from upstate New York. Um, you know, is he a guy? Um, I don't know. I'm not as vehemently against it. I'm kind of like leaving it out there. Um, let's see where they go. I mean, like I said before, in ECPW, they have a Hall of Fame. Um, and uh, Jimmy Snuka, who has done work with them, but obviously he didn't do his best work in ECPW, um, you know, he's in their Hall of Fame. So I'm not, like, totally against it. I'm just really curious to see where they're going to go with it. And the one thing I, I will say is that if they put a physical structure in place, I am 100% for it because that – at this point with the WWE, for them to have this many Hall of Famers over the years, not to have some sort of physical structure. I mean, it's cool to do an access once a year, but, man, they're, they're really, if you're going to say you're going to have a Hall of Fame, then to me, uh, there there should be a structure in place for it. So I'm not, I say I'm not against it. I, I, I'm curious to see where they're going to go with it. Um, you know, like you say, I, I don't want to see Sting uh, be the inductee. Um, I wouldn't have a problem with Angle, but I don't know, like like you're saying, they're only around 10 years. I don't know if I want to see guys who are Hall of Famers still wrestling. So guys like AJ, you would think, could be a TNA Hall of Famer if they're going like the TNA route. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if I want to see guys wrestling with the moniker of being a Hall of Famer. So who knows where they're going to go, but I don't know. Not totally against it. And since we're running short on time, I'd love to delve into this more. And maybe we'll hit it a little bit more uh, next week. We'll see uh, how the show goes. Maybe we'll start off with a little TNA talk before we get into the Raw pregame. But fast, Dave. we got about two minutes left, so you know what we got to hit. We hit it every week. Here goes. The Ken Reedy Show, not over the Google. Who you got, Dave? I got the gut check segment from Impact the other night between Joey Ryan, that Ron Burgundy lookalike, and Taz. I thought <laughs> it was. Uh, I thought I thought it was good. I, I mean. Part of me sees that Joey Ryan doesn't look real comfortable in his skin and his character. He's good. He's not great. He stands out. But I liked how Taz kind of put him in his place, and they set the stage maybe for something to happen down the line where Ryan would come back. 
Um, I like the backstage segments that they did talking about it and the importance of it. And I think it's—I think it helps them stand out and be different than WWE to have this segment. And I thought it was really good this week. That's my nod of approval. I agree with you. I like that segment. And for me, my nod of approval this week, we've talked about him a lot. We love his work. I'm just flat out giving it to Dolph Ziggler. Loved what he did against Sheamus this week. Loved what I'm seeing from him and the fact that it looks like he's finally going to get that push that we've been clamoring for. I, I just like everything out of this guy, so I'm giving him my nod of approval. And with that, we're going to have to close this show, a little bit of an abbreviated show. You guys who hung out with us, who hung through the tough times today, thank you so much. Remember, next week's show is on Monday night, 6 to 8 p.m., Raw pregame. This is the Ken Reedy Show. Again, I cannot thank you enough for Diamond Bell Rosenblut. Have a good night. See you next week.